evening, Abong, and good evening to your listeners. Yeah, man, thank you very much for taking time out uh, to join us. And uh, Thank you before, for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah before we get into... Um, I guess the the different stages of uh, the life of Umduana, and uh, I was suggesting, uh, as I was introducing this conversation, that uh, it's quite clear that there's a battle underway here for a certain telling of the political legacy of Mango Sutubtelezi, and he plays a role uh, in this, uh, uh, I guess, you know, undertaking here, uh, and even saying he hopes that by the time he breathes his last, that some reconciliation would have at least taken root between the ANC and the IFP. What do you make of that? Uh, just as we kick things off. Yes, um, I, I think that people like uh, Tron or people like uh, Chief Albert Lutuli, whom he says said he must go into the government uh, so that he can fight from within. Yeah. Now, and then so, he feels I mean, that just, Oliver Tambo turned against yes, him. Yes, yes. Stephen, yeah. so just, just on that one, I mean, a lot of people, yeah. certainly in my generation, uh, yeah. would see that as a bit of a paradox um, if they don't see it in a much broader context. I mean, even the history of the ANC itself had participation by many ANC leaders in homeland institutions at some stage or point. I mean, Governor Mbeki in, in the Eastern Cape was involved in some shape or form in the Transkai Punga. There was the Native Representative Council. So in a way, I guess, you know, Mtwanagapindangena would not have been an oddity in saying that he felt he could still, you know, undertake uh, the struggle, um, you know, under the auspices of the ANC, also within the homeland institutions and in particular the institutions of Guazul. I think what 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 becomes an area a gray area is that whereas in the I would say in the late fifties mm. there certainly was a view among some leaders of the ANC that people needed to be in those structures. There were those who were opposed to it. But I've even seen writings by Mandela himself where he was supporting a strategy mm. where you resist from outside and you fight from within. That strategy changed in the 1960s, especially mm. once the organization were banned. There were people who were then arguing that we, um, participating in, in apartheid institution was to give credit to, to apartheid, was to make it credible to society. So it, things became even worse in the 1970s, especially with the rise of the Black Consciousness Movement, mm. which said no collaboration, sure. and that convinced a lot of people living the ANC in exile. So that is where the, the fracture between Mutelis and the ANC began. Mm. But mm. he then says, because we had these differences in terms of strategy, it doesn't mean we were not fighting the same fight, which is where it becomes controversial, because as you say, your generation, my generation, and others, we tended to see people who were within the system and mm. people fighting for the other side. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, just, just you know, even, uh, I guess, when he speaks about this legacy, um, you know, it's not uh, it's not totally surprising that uh, he would single out the ANC in KZN. There's a history to that. I mean, if you think about, you know, certain voices of certain people, he mentions uh, Jablan Ngumalo, Mzalang Ngumalo's book, you know, The Chief with a Double Agenda, uh, mm. uh, and and what role that played in creating what he sees as the propaganda around, uh, you know, Mangosutu uh, Bitelezi, uh, um, that certainly filtered in certain ways to the mass democratic movement. But um, also, if you think about the person of one Harry Kuala, who yeah. was very critical even of, uh, I guess, the very cordial um, acquaintance or, or even friendship or relationship between Nelson Mandela uh, and uh, Mangosutu Bitelezi. Yes, Herakwala, in fact, if you go back to history, even before the formation of Inkata, when mm. Oliver Tambo 
was communicating with the ANC leadership inside the country to say they would be working with this, with Inkata in Kulego CFEs at the time as one of the organizations they'll be using inside the country to mm-hmm. oppose apartheid. Eric Wada was opposed to, was completely opposed to that strategy. He went back to prison to Robben Island, completely opposed to it. And when he came back in the in the nineteen late nineteen eighties, he was one of the people who were saying the reason the IFP is this big and is such a threat to the liberation movement was precisely because the strategy was wrong to try and help it uh, grow mm. when it was working inside the apartheid system. But my problem with 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 the approach that uh, tries to distinguish between the ANC nationally and the ANC uh, in Guazulu in, in Natal, I think it, it, it arises from the fact that Buteleze seems to be saying that there was a distinction between Mandela and and, and the KZN and leadership, mm. when actually it was a generational thing, in my opinion. That, um, the the old, mm. yeah, the older leaders, the Mandelas and others who went to prison, put more emphasis in trying to unite African people against apartheid. Mm. To say when we go to negotiations, we try to go as one side. The younger generation had increasingly seen Bantu stands and councillors and all the other uh, people who were participating in the apartheid system as part of the enemy that had propped up the apartheid system and made it um, last longer than mm. it, it could have if the people had, had united. So I think those were the tensions. So to just blame it on KZN, although I understand why he would then blame it on KZN. For instance, those examples that he gives, KZN, yes, indeed, ANC and KZN opposed the meeting, or at least the, mid, the Midlands part of KZN opposed the meeting that was going to happen between Mandela and Mutelis in the early 90s. And that was because of the violence that was taking place in mm-hmm. KZN. Other KZN leaders, like the former president now, Mr. Jacob Zuma, supported those negotiations. Um, I understand why Mutelis also would be, would, would be complaining about KZN, because indeed he was telling the truth when he said they scuppered the deal that he was about to have with President Mpegi in 1999 which would have seen him become the deputy president of the country. Mm. But obviously the ANC and KZN uh, did everything in its power to come up with with, with, with conditions that would make Tillis walk away because they wanted uh, then uh, deputy president Zuma to become deputy president of the country. Mm. Mm. And and I guess, you know, before we even get to that level, there's also the, mm. the bigger question of the political rise of the IFP uh, and the mm. reinvention of the Zulu monarchy in particular ways, in very specific ways. I mean, you know, if you think about the situation that obtained after the death of, um, you know, Upegu Zulu, Solomon, the father mm. of uh, King Kudul's Zulitini. Mm. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, if, if you think about, you know, where the... Zulu monarchy was at that point and the role it now occupies in our social milieu uh, a lot has certainly since happened I mean if you compare it to some of the other uh, traditional kingdoms that they are in our society one can Mm. clearly distinguish the Zulu monarchy not just on the basis of the fact that the history it comes from in the Shaka Zulu state formation project but also in the current moment the wealth influence that that particular monarchy marshals in KZN and in the national politics of the society. Yes, um, and you can give uh, credit to Mutilis for for much of that. 
because if you look at the role that he played both as the traditional prime minister to the Zulu king or to the Zulu king and as chief minister of the KwaZulu government, he made it a point that he tries to he tried to revive the kingdom which had really fallen apart and been completely destroyed after uh, King Tanjoy was defeated by the English. So that is the role that he has played. There are those who then interpret it as he was rebuilding it in order to build a political base. I think the truth is somewhere between that building of the political base and that desire as someone who came from, from who was a, a great um uh, was a grandson of 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 a, of a king we had that desire to also make sure that you rebuild the kingdom you rebuild the culture and so he contributed in that sense especially during the years when he was in the in the Wazulu government mm. and more importantly um in in the 1990s he then used the power that they had of the IFP to also try to fight for the recognition of not just the, the Wazulu uh, kingdom, but mm. also all traditional leaders. This, um, in my view, was a positive thing from, from the side of the IFP in the sense that liberation movements, whether it's the ANC, the PAC, mm. or even ASAPO, were very much urban uh, no, liberation movements, yeah. and they never really theorized on what will happen to traditional leadership mm. once we gain freedom. So Butele forced those those issues to the agenda. Although mm. of course the 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 sad thing about all of it is that it was mostly accompanied by political violence. And we'll come back to that theme uh, because mm. I want us to talk about political violence, not only internecine warfare, uh, you know what many people characterize as black on black violence um, during the transition, but even predating that in the Guazulu homeland. And I want to talk uh, about uh, the use of the Guazulu homeland as a platform to propel the IFP and even trade unions like Uwusa that were linked to it, uh, mm. to the center and the fore of national life, uh, with the line, of course, uh, which was very much against the, the, the sanctions that the ANC and many other organizations were pushing for. Uh, so even just on questions of economic policy, uh, yeah, the IFP and Mtwanaga Pindangen have uh, certainly always been a bit uh, at uh, odds uh, with uh, the more uh, social democratic and even leftist framework uh, within which uh, the ANC and other liberation movements were operating. Hey, the Mzalangumalo issue. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess notwithstanding the current discussion, but uh, yeah, Chablani Nobleman Ngumalo, one of the brightest. Uh, uh, left-wing thinkers this uh, country has produced and uh, unfortunately passed away in 1991 uh, prior to his return back into the land of his birth. But uh, uh, I'm in conversation uh, with uh, the uh, editor of the uh, Sunday Times, Stembi Somsomi, and we're talking about the political legacy of Mtwana Rapindangene. And, uh, you know, ju- just in relation to that last clip we've played, Stembi, so I-, I-, I want us to maybe track back slightly uh, to the funeral of one Robert Sobukwe in Graf uh, Renet in the late 70s. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that might have been a precursor of things to come, especially insofar as, you know, how uh, Mangosutu Teleze had been seen by liberation movements. And when I say liberation movements, I mean them broadly uh, from yeah. all different camps um, who took a very strong non-collaborationist stance. Uh, I mean, he got into a scuffle there. There was shooting. There was, 
you know, uh, uh, an attempt on his life, uh, one might argue, by, by the young activists of the PAC who had gone to uh, pay their last respects to their leader. Uh, and uh, that really, I guess, was the start, certainly in my recollection of the chronology of it, um, of this tension within uh, what I would call black politics about the role and uh, the political legacy of uh, Mangosutu Ptelez. Yes, in a way, I, I I agree. But I think I would say it was one of, of sure, the incidents. Sure. And um, it was mainly because, I mean, the, at the time, the most dominant political current inside the country was that of the Black Consciousness Movement. They're mm-hmm. quite clear. They were much stronger than the PAC and the ANC in rejecting um, what they called collaboration with, with the apartheid system. But the the actual violence itself had played itself out before that, with the in in I think it was seventy two or seventy one at the University of Zululand, where a clash between students who were members of Sasso and um, and 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 in culture supporters who were there to support uh, uh, Prince Mutelezi. Um, as he had become um, chancellor of, of of the university, so those tensions with 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 that generation of of young people who are coming up and be, becoming more militant in opposing apartheid, which was a strategy that was different from what Mutelezi grew up in the ANC and the ANC Youth League of the 1940s and mm-hmm. 1950s, which was more about well, defiance, but they they didn't take very radical positions compared to what happened in the 70s. Mm, mm. Let, let's fast forward now, I guess, to, to the 80s. The Guazulu government, as I said, is a platform, both for the mm. IFP as a political contender for, for power, uh, to be honest, um, because mm. I guess there's this question of who are the true legitimate leaders of the African people in South Africa. And in many ways, Mango Sutuptelezi enters that terrain in specific ways in the Guazulu homeland and uses uh, the authority and power that he has in very specific ways uh, uh, in that context. Let's talk about that and I guess how that sowed the seeds for some of the issues that we saw in the early 90s. I think um, the the key problem there is how it's related towards the government in terms of his security Mm -hmm. and even started having his own police force Police service, which then started clashing with with activists in townships. Mm. So, if you can look at the struggles that were being waged, for instance, in Durban townships against the apartheid state, will then end up you not fighting with the South African police, but you end up fighting with the Guazulu mm. police, mm. which then drew Inkata firmly into mm. the fight of the apartheid state in the eyes of the people. Sure, sure. And the same thing then happens with. The supporters of the IFP, if there is a June 16 um, boycott, mm. they want to go to work, so there are clashes between sure, them sure, and the ANC sure. supporters. But Mutelis' view of that is that all of this is created by the ANC when it adopts the strategy that the Vietnamese call the People's War. Mm. So in his view, it is the ANC that decided the only way to take over the country is to wipe out all the political opposition. Mm. So is that, that Anthea Jeffrey argument, right? Uh, yes, the, yes. Yeah. Anthea Jeffrey actually mm. wrote it into a book. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Maybe a last one, yeah. Timbi, so I know we've got maybe less than 30 seconds here. Um, mm. But I want you to just briefly reflect, I guess, on the post-94 period. I mean, 
you know, uh, Mtwana is able, I guess, to join the political train very late on in the moment in 1994. But, uh, mm. I mean, you heard him even today saying he'll stay in parliament until the expropriation bill is passed. What do you make of him at the helm of the IFP and the role that they've played in the lawmaking, democratic project, and even governing in Guazul? Guazul Natal, I, I should say. Yeah. Yes, I think initially they ain't seen mm. KZN mm. because they started on the back foot. They started from the opposition benches. Sure, the IFP sure. made them work harder. And they've mm. been working harder, I mean, if you compare them to to, to, to other provinces. Yeah, and also at mm. national level, increasingly, Telezi has played that role of being someone who tries to reconcile mm. political fighters. Sure. As we have your fight, uh, we have seen him playing that role, especially when there were tensions between the EFF yeah, and the ANC yeah. in the sure, House. Sure. will come and be that statesman, which is something that we've been missing yeah. in recent years. Mabumsom, let's leave it there and uh, really, really appreciate uh, that you could take time out to speak to us this evening. Angbonga Nomtai. Angbonga Nomtai. That there is uh, Stimbi Somsomi Nomtai speaking to us this evening. We're going to have to leave it there, folks. You have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoku, Sisaibanga, Le Economy.